What's going on, my friends, entrepreneurs, small business owners, side hustlers, and everybody who wants to get their money right in 2023 as a business owner. Pay attention today. We've got an amazing guest for you. We've got Chris Hanna. And Chris is the founder and CEO of Hire For Me, Inc., which is a company that helps solopreneurs and entrepreneurs find and make that next critical hire. I know a lot of you out there have reached out and shown interest. And how do you know if you have an employee to hire or not? How do you know if they're going to be a good fit in your culture? And if you are a solo entrepreneur, like many of us start out as, how do you know what type of hire should be your first? Chris is an expert, has many years of experience as a speaker presenting on topics such as various employee experiences, leadership, which is what your job is as the entrepreneur and leader, customer service at live events, virtual conferences, webinars. He's a passionate poker player. And you'd be surprised if you can do well and understand the ins and outs of poker. It actually is like business because it's all about putting the odds in your favor to succeed. He's also got leadership courses, virtual coaching and consulting through his programs and website, evolvingmanagement.com. And he serves leaders and helps them become more authentic avoid burnout, basically just helps you build an actual organization where instead of you always working in the business, you get to actually work on it and scale it. Chris, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate being here. So Chris, we'd love to find out a little bit about uh, background and what uh, makes somebody tick and and what were some of the key events, maybe uh, the way you were raised or just uh, events throughout your youth that kind of led you down a path of, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur. I want a little bit more independence in my life. What were some of those key events that led you down that path? Well, I think my entire life, I've always had those entrepreneurial tendencies. Like if I think back to when I was a kid, I was the guy who was flipping things at garage sales. I'm from Canada. So like, I love hockey. I would go and take hockey cards and I would trade them at recess for people. I would create these little businesses and little side hustles back in the day where I would just ultimately try and find ways to make money. Like I didn't come from a family that had a lot of money. And so I knew that I needed to find ways to make it myself. I'll date myself a little bit with this and that like I went and I started creating cassette tapes and I would basically distill everything you'd find in a textbook and then sell it back to someone and say, Hey, if you listen to this at night, this will subliminally help you study. And so I would sell these cassette tapes to the students who were struggling. What and that a great just kind of gave my taste, that. right? Of like what it would be like. And so over time, I started to realize that, you know, I, I wanted to do more of this, but I was always afraid to take action. So I played it safe. And by playing it safe, like I got a job, I was in the car rental industry. I kind of, you know, worked my way up from there. I got fired. That taught me a lot and realizing there's no such thing as loyalty. Um, even though I was successful, you know, things happen, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I was in, you know, the corporate world of, of, of IT. I, I sold TVs. I've done a lot of different stuff. And I became a CEO of a real estate education company, but I was never feeling fulfilled. Wow. I'd always create these side businesses, though, on the side, whether it's coaching, speaking or whatever. And I just knew that that's my passion. So as it says, you know, on the wall behind me, it says actually all in. I decided to go all in and just start, you know, creating these businesses myself. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a heck of a journey. 
And just helping other business owners bet on themselves has been the fun part of it. So it's, I think it's a fulfillment aspect in addition to having, you know, lost my job and also try to figure out how do I generate money and have it come in. No question. So what were some of your realizations, takeaways when, you know, you've been busting your butt, loyal, doing everything possible to help that company, and they end up firing you? What were some of the realizations that took place when that happened for you? Well, when it happened, I realized that there is no such thing as loyalty. You can be the best and then two weeks later be fired, which is what happened to me. I can't go too specific on some of those things for a variety of reasons. But like at the end of the day, like I realized you have to have control yourself and control your own fate yes. and your own destiny. And I, you yes. look at right now, there's so many people who are impacted. They are losing their jobs. And whether it's layoffs or full-on terminations, I think you're going to see more people want to start to creating their own path and creating their own business so they have control. The other thing I think I realized is that it all comes down to leadership in a lot of ways too, right? If a leader is not bringing their best self, the business itself can suffer. And I saw that throughout my career, over 20 years of, of building and leading teams, I've seen that. I know when I'm not my best, therefore my employees don't get the best and therefore customers don't get the best as well. Like those are big major takeaways that I've definitely come to see. Yeah, no, no question about it. So you have this realization that your job is not something that you have all the control over. You can, in fact, be one of the top producers. And I think one of the best examples of this is, you know, in the early uh, late 90s, early 2000s, you had a company called Circuit City that went bankrupt. And when they were doing well, they had these top salespeople. They were paying a lot of commissions. They're like, oh, we're paying too much in commissions. They stopped that. They fired their top producers and later went bankrupt because the business model they had did work and they thought they could save a few bucks. And that's a great example of the control you don't have and the bad decisions that can happen above you. And when you have control over your um, own life and business and you can create something, it's kind of that old adage, I'd rather work 80 hours a week for myself versus 40 hours a week for someone else. And I think at the end of the day, more people realize that more and more people these days in 2023 are starting side hustles. They are starting small businesses on the side and looking to be able to do that full time and quit the job so that they have that control. Now, one of the challenges that a lot of small business owners and especially solopreneurs have is they're wearing a lot of hats, right? They've got to do sales. They've got to do marketing. They've got to do some IT. They have to wear all these hats at the beginning and be just good enough to move the business forward and get it going. Once you have a little bit of momentum, traction, and a little bit of cash flow coming in, a lot of them struggle from the transition. I think you have a great term here, uh, being the chief everyone officer and kind of graduating out of that. What are some of the key steps and processes that a small business owner, solopreneur can take to stop being the chief everyone officer and start to delegate and create a team? Well, I think it's an interesting point, right? In the sense that there are so many people out there who have some success with their business, but they're honestly... They're grinding themselves into the ground. They are burning themselves out because they're the chief everyone officer or they're the COO of their office, the CMO, the CTO, they're every acronym under the sun. And so it's important for them to start to realize is one, they need to make a change. They need to ultimately, you know, find out is their business first stable enough to sustain another person to actually hire or not? Because the worst thing you can do is try and bring someone on and then either not have enough work or can't afford them. So you got to have some stability with your company. You also have to look at where are the gaps in your own processes and in yourself that you maybe want to fill. A lot of people always ask me like, who should be my first hire, right? And I always say, have someone who actually fills in the gaps that you have. If you're really, really strong at sales and marketing, bring in someone who can maybe fulfill the operational side for it. 
right? Fill in those gaps. Like my company that I have is called Hire For Me. And it's because I kept hearing the same thing from business owners. Can someone just please hire for me? Like, could you just do it? And I heard it three times in one day. And I was like, I'm just going to create a company that does this because so many people don't want to do it. The other thing I think it's important as you're trying to hire is start to document what are those core must-have processes that you need to have you know, filled and what are the characteristics that you need to have? A mistake that a lot of business owners make is that they'll try and create what I call a unicorn and they'll put every single position and every single responsibility into one role and you're honestly setting someone up to fail. So I think if you could focus oh, on yeah. understanding what your business is, those core responsibilities and whether you're financially stable enough, might be time to hire. Yeah, no, no question. And so I think for a lot of guys, I think you broke that down really well. There's kind of three components a lot of the times of a business. There's, you know, marketing, bringing customers and clients through the door. There's a sales process of selling them the product or service that you deliver. And then there's the actual fulfillment where you're going to deliver on that product or service. So you kind of have those three components. And so if you're really strong in one area, you know, how can you bring someone in to kind of fill those gaps? Uh, I know uh, with, with my company, when I started it here and and we're a, we're a business finance marketplace, I need, needed someone to do kind of the operations, the systems and processes. Someone comes in, there's emails, there's text messages that go out, a little bit of help with fulfillment, but not the most complicated stuff in the world. And I could do kind of the, the marketing and sales and, and, and she did a great job. And if you can find somebody who has the bandwidth and the talent to do some of those things, a lot of different tasks, and that can be super helpful. But you're right. If you bring someone in and you try to give them too many things to be good at, which most uh, you're, you're just setting them up for failure. So great, great stuff there. So there's kind of two, two aspects, I think, to hiring. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this. You kind of have... you you know, skill set that that person needs to have to be able to do the job. And then there's kind of the other side, the uh, emotional intelligence of someone like Gary Vee might say, or the, the values and principles that they hold to, to be a good culture fit in the organization you're trying to create. Um, you know, how would you kind of, um, you know, put both of those together where you're looking for skill set, you want to make sure that they're a good fit for your culture, and, and maybe you don't even know what that culture is. But how much of the decision-making process is part of that, you know, combining both of those to make a good hire? Well, I think it's critical first that companies and, and business owners sit down and figure out what are their core values. I think that's yes, a critical thing to really yes. figure out. It's like, what defines your culture that you ultimately have? But also, like, what do you care most about? So when I do like an intake conversation with a business owner, first thing I do is I start to ask them, what are those core values so you can find somebody that aligns with you? Right. If you have one of the core values of say, like, let's pick one, like speed, speed is one of your core values. Well, then we're going to want to make sure that we find somebody who's going to be able to move at the pace that you're looking for, or you're going to be really, really frustrating. So then when you hire someone, you have to know your core values, but also share your core values from day one. That is critical. That is important. And of course, you're going to be asking questions throughout the process of when you're trying to hire or having someone hire for you, like, you know, what are the skill sets? What are the experiences that someone has? But it has to be a balance between the two. And then if those are truly your core values, then how do people see them? Are, do, they, do they live them in, in terms of their actions? Is it, if you're in a physical location, is it on your wall, those core values? Do you live and do you breathe that? That is critical. That is important. Because I think that there's a lot of talk, but can you actually walk the talk? You got to actually see that. And business owners, have to be using core values as that barometer and also that ultimate decision maker 
when you're hiring, when you're firing, when you're making key decisions within your business. So it is a balance between the two because it has to be more than just only skills because fit matters and bringing the wrong person into your culture can cause chaos. I have been there myself. Many different times I've learned lessons the hard way about bringing in the wrong person because you compromised because you're desperate. I mean, guys, a lot of value bombs that Chris is dropping there for you. So, so take note of these important factors. Skill set alone is not your deciding factor in making a hire. Making sure you have well-defined values and principles that are key to success in your organization culture and that are going to lead to success. If you don't have those defined, here's what happens. My previous business that I started from my kitchen back in 2016, we grew from zero to $5 million, zero to 50 employees real fast in about 18 months. And then we started to crash and burn because we I had the wrong partners. We didn't have the well-defined values and principles. Um, you know, managers are breaking their word. Clients are not being taken care of. Partners who refer business are not being paid. All of these violations that lead to absolute failure in business. And then when I started over, the first thing I did was I said, hey, guys, these are our values and principles. I look out here in my office. They're on the wall. And if you don't define those, then things can go awry very, very quickly. So a lot of value bomb that Chris just dropped there. You must define those first. Then you can start to identify, okay, do they have the skill set now to kind of go along with those values and principles? So how do you know if, you know, what are the questions you're asking? Like, how do you actually get the sense of, oh, this person does share my values and principles? Like, how do you actually know in an interview process if they really do or if they're just kind of feeding a BS? Well, an exercise that I do in, in interviews, when it's like, say you have three or four core values, right? Yeah. I will ask candidates to rank these core values. I'll be transparent and say, okay. these are what the core values are. But I say, there's no wrong answer, but tell me how you would position these and maybe your justification without really going into much detail. And every single time that I ask it, Leo, it is amazing because then you really start to understand, well, what matters? What's important for someone? The way that they actually define and rank them I think there's always a core value that's related to obviously your, your customers and, and your service in some way, right? But if someone like deprioritizes that, and we know that that's like really, really critical for us, we're like, well, maybe that's not a right fit. Yeah. Of course, you're asking, you know, situational based interview questions as well, which are all tied to it. Like I will always have questions geared to each of the core values in some way to pull out from some of their experiences to see if there ultimately is a fit. All right, Chris. So We've asked them the questions. It looks like they're a good core fit. They've got our values and principles. They seem to have the skill set. Um, perfect. Okay, I make the hire. Now what? Because I think this is something else that they run into. Cool, I've got this great person. Wait, now how do I actually get them doing the job and get them trained enough to speed? That is the one thing where I feel like so many business owners miss the the boat completely, 100%. right? Because yeah. what they'll do is some people will just hire the first person that they talk to and they're so excited they got somebody who applied, right? But they forget that it's more important than hiring is to actually train and onboard them the right way. And that training and onboarding doesn't start on their first day. It starts from the moment you actually you know make that offer to them. So welcome them, make them feel appreciated. I, I give a list of you know onboarding best practices and, and, and a checklist for any hire that I do on behalf of a business owner. And it includes like giving them a gift, you know, to welcome them, take them out for lunch on their first day. I have a, have a client who I've hired for a number of times now. He and his wife actually go and take the new employee out just to make sure that they're 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 meeting the, the new person and, and really welcome them to kind of the, the corporate family, yeah, like, I guess if you want like to call that, it that yeah. way. 
but like sit down and train with them, come up with a training and onboarding plan. That first 14 days, in my experience of having hired and promoted and led over 500 people over 20 years, I know the first 14 days makes or breaks whether someone's successful or not. Put more time and effort into that. Documenting your core processes is critical. Utilizing video, a buddy system that can help if need be. And if you're the only person who is there in training, then you need to be supporting them and need to be there with them. That is so critical and so important. Really good. Uh, Amazing stuff there, guys. And one of the keys I think uh, that Chris just laid out for you is there has to be some sort of documented step-by-step build out of what their job is, of your core values and principles, uh, of the mission of the company, the long-term vision, how they can benefit in that. And of course, how you're serving your customer and client and delivering a five-star experience. And so a lot of what you'll see, you know, on an ink.com or different articles is what they call SOP, standard operating procedures. And so you've got to have that job documented. Hey, this is the purpose of your job. This is who you're serving. These are the tasks that you need to be able to get good at. And then a lot of that can also be some of the technology, right? Maybe you've got a CRM. You need to get them onboarded and understanding how the CRM works, the systems, the processes, the stages that a customer goes throughout the process of the sales cycle. And if you don't have those things documented, it's super important that you get those documented before you make the hire so that they can go through that uh, process and you're not with them. And then equally as important, I'd say the other 50% is just what Chris said, you've got to have a program where they're shadowing one of your other employees and learning the job, learning the tasks, or if it's just that's your first hire, then you're going to need to be with them in the trenches there for that uh, first little bit. And I think that's a big key. You're saying the first 14 days will make or break that new hire. And so if you don't make that a great experience, if you don't give them the assets that they need to succeed, then they're going to fail. But then on the other hand, let's say you do all that and they're not a good fit. Uh-oh, now what do you do, Chris? Well, if you they're not a good fit, there's a couple of questions that you can kind of ask yourself. Yeah, Is one, is there a better role for them, maybe potentially in your company? Because sometimes yep. people are miscast, yes. Yes. right? Like there is, there is the reality. Sometimes it's just the wrong fit, the wrong role. Um, if it is maybe the wrong person, it's a culture fit, it just doesn't work. Sure, you maybe have to let them go, but can you do it so it's not robotic? Can you treat people with empathy? Can you support them the right way so that they're not going out with such a bad taste in their mouth? Because you know what? At the end of the day, I'm a firm believer in this, is that if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, you as the leader, as the business owner, played a real big role and responsibility of why it doesn't work yes. out. So you got to look at yourself first and ask, have I done everything to help them, support them, give them the advice, the coaching? And if I haven't, well, then maybe I shouldn't fire them yet. I should maybe put in the time and effort. If you don't have that ability or you know that this is just not a fit, do it with class. Treat them with respect on the way out so that they are supported. And, and I think even going out and leaving that negative yeah. review... Um, or you know, bad mouthing to other people because honestly, word travels a lot faster now than it ever Darn has. Right, it does. And yeah, there's got to be some accountability on your end. You know what? I made a mistake. I, I made a misjudgment here. I made a miscalculation, and 
and that's on me. And, and I think there has to be that transparency and accountability because the buck stops with you. You're the leader, you're the entrepreneur, you're the business owner. And so you have to build a fall on the sword and uh, that should be part of the process too. But I like what you pointed out. Sometimes you've just got a square peg that you're trying to put in a round hole. And I remember, for example, I hired a guy to kind of do a sales job and he did adequate work, but he hated it. And, uh, you know, a few months in, I realized, you know, he's very analytical. He has some IT skill set. He's actually going to be a better fit as kind of an underwriter in our funding process versus an out front sales guy. And I made that transition and he was much happier. He did the job extremely well that I asked him to do. And he already understood our values and our process. And so I think that's a big, big deal because when you're the small business owner, the problem that you have is you're wearing too many hats. You're working on the business or in the business instead of actually on it. And so if you can bring someone in and, and they're not a fit for what you initially thought, but they could take other you know, time weighing, you know, $20 per hour jobs off of your plate as a business owner, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for how I, how can I free up my time to be able to work on the $100 per hour stuff and avoid the $15 per hour stuff that I can pay someone else to do. And so just figuring out, you know, what they can do and how they can serve. That's, that's a huge uh, point. At the end well, of the day, I'll though, just, I'll I, just I say one quick for, thing on that. Go, actually, go ahead. Too. Yeah, please. That I think where business owners and leaders maybe underappreciate is the power of the one-on-one -on -one conversation to actually truly mm -hmm. understand what somebody has in terms of their their strengths, their talents, their skill sets, and even what their motivations are. The more that leaders can actually connect with their people and prioritize their people, the more they'll be able to figure out that so-and-so maybe has a special talent that they're not using that could be leveraged maybe, and they're better suited to be an underwriter, you know, to speak to your example versus being in a sales position. You have to know your people. Because at the end of the day, every business is about two things, in my opinion. It's about people and it's about communication. Because all problems that happen are communication problems and people problems. Chris, uh, what are your thoughts on these personality tests? I know guy like, guys like Ray Dalio and really smart, successful entrepreneurs uh, really swear by, hey, you should have your employees take a personality test. I've actually never done it. I've hired, you know, well over 100 employees over the last few years. But what, what are your thoughts on some of these personality tests? Is that something uh, worth looking at incorporating into your process? I, I'm i a big fan of them if you can find the right one. Um, yeah. so I've done a Which number of different like? personalities. The one I like is called the predictive index. And predictive so I use the predictive index uh, when I'm hiring for certain key roles, but I've also gone through it myself. But it's not just on yeah. the hiring side. I find it actually helps more than anything else when you, someone's actually with the company. There'll be times where I will go and consult with you know, mm. personality assessment to figure out how do I approach this person? How do I best talk to them? What are they driven by? It makes a world of difference when you can actually understand that. Now, the hard part with any personality test is kind of like my uh, disclaimer is that some people will lie when they fill out a personality test, right? They'll right. think, I'm going to fill this out. So this is maybe what I'm supposed to be and do. If, if anybody watching this is trying to apply for a job ever or kind of, you know, encouraging their staff to do it, ask them to fill it out honestly, because the personality test, you're going to see through the results and realize, hey, this, this person wasn't legit. Oh, yeah. um, but they're so valuable just to give you insights. Because I'm a big believer in like, as a business owner, you got to make decisions for using data and data points. And that can be a data point to figure out for you too. Like, hey, what's somebody truly all about? How do you motivate and how do you inspire them? How do you communicate with them? 
Great, great stuff. Yeah. So very cool. The uh, predictive index. Uh, I actually was uh, not familiar with that one, but I can see that's you know, super important. And then just paying attention, et cetera. So a lot of people at this point now, Chris, saying, wow, I've learned a lot about I've got to have core values and principles. I've got to have a skill set. I've got to have the right onboarding training process. And still at the end of the day, I'm really busy with my business. I'm a little overwhelmed and I'd rather just be able to count on someone to kind of help me. What's the next step that they could take today? Maybe look at what it might look like to work with you, or maybe there's some different training programs, resources where they can learn more about this process and make the right hires for their business. What's the next step that they can take today towards making that a reality? So they can visit hire for me. So number four, me.ca. Um, you can learn there about my hiring process where I can literally just stop you from being the chief, chief everyone officer and I can hire for you. Drop the hats, stop being everything in your business. Uh, you can also follow me on social media. I have a podcast called The Chris Hanna Show. So on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, uh, my, 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 my tag name is Chris Hanna Show. So you can easily find me where I'm dropping regular advice as well. Um, throughout this. As I said earlier too, I'm also a poker player. So I have what I call my two-day all-in deep dive where I spend two days in your business where I can work with you on figuring out what's your culture, what's your customer experience? How can we bring in some AI and automation, especially things like ChatGPT to help you out and look at your oh, yeah. hiring processes as well. So they can visit uh, chrishanna.ca to learn more about that as well or evolvingmanagement.com. Great stuff, guys. Again, so that's hire for me, the digit for me.ca. And there's a free training button right there. When you get on the website, you can go ahead and check out that free training and you're going to get a really good overview of how to make the right hiring decisions in your business and how it might look if you had someone who's an expert at it, which is going to increase the odds of success. So you can actually work on the business instead of always in the business, take off some of those hats, free up your time to work on the $100 per hour stuff instead of doing that $10, $15 per hour work that you should be hiring someone to do for you. So again, hireforme.ca, get that uh, free training, guys. Remember, this is not a passive podcast. This is an action-taking one where you take actions and implement what you learn from an expert like Chris Hanna in order to build your dream business. Well, Chris, thank you so much for all the value shared today. And guys, make sure you take action. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.